everyone, my name is Philippe and this is the podcast Life with AI. The podcast that we talk about artificial intelligence in a simpler way. And it's been a while that I don't make an episode about algorithms, so today I'm gonna make a special one. And why is this one special? Because I'm gonna talk about data to vec. That is a special algorithm because it's the first time that a model can learn from image, text and audio and beat or compare to the best models, which means that it's state-of-the-art for the three tasks, which are text, audio, and image, and well, this is amazing. This is a model proposed from Facebook in the beginning of this year, I think, and another great thing is that, of course, it's from Facebook, so it uses self-supervised learning. You don't need labels to train this network. So you have one network that learns from image, text, and audio, beats or compare the state-of-the-art models for all these three tasks and it's trained in a self-supervised way so you don't need labels that's why this model is so amazing and maybe just maybe this is a first step to achieve a general artificial intelligence i don't know if it's good or bad but humans we learn from different sources we don't have different models in our head like we are just one human with one model and our big model learns from everything that we see, audio, text, video, like everything. So having one artificial intelligence model that learns from different sources of data is maybe one step to one day achieve general artificial intelligence. And again, I don't know if it's good or bad, but for sure, this is a first step. So let's go, let's understand the architecture of this model. So the architecture is basically a transformer architecture, a traditional one, and I'm sorry that I'm talking about transformers and I'm gonna talk maybe about some other subjects that I didn't explain here yet, but I promise that one day when I have more time, I will prepare an episode explaining transformers, vision transformers, BERT, and these famous algorithms that I talk about always here, but I, I didn't explain yet. So the, the main architecture is basically a transformer, a traditional one. But one thing that I, I was wondering while reading the paper is that how can we put audio, image and text into a transformer? Because the source of data is completely different. Like you have a 2D image and you have a, an audio that is completely different from an image, you know? So they explained it in the paper that they use a transformer after encoding each modality in a network of this, this specific modality. So for each specific modality, you're gonna have an encoder. For images, they use the VIT uh, architecture, that is a vision transformer model that uses patches of 16 by 16. I, I, I'm sorry, but I will explain this in another episode. So for encoding images, we use this VIT model. For audio, we use a 1D convolution that maps 16 kilohertz waveform to 50 kilohertz. So now you can see that like before we had 16 kilohertz waveform. Now with 50 kilohertz and also an encoding of image, we can input it to the transformer model. And the last one, the text. First of all, we pre-process the text to obtain subword unities. And in while I was reading, I thought that look, whoa, maybe this is a new method. But no, subword unities were was proposed in 2015. Because like in machine translation, you have to translate and understand every single word because a person may want to translate this word. But it's impossible to, to pass all the dictionary words into our model. 
So they transform these not uh, often seen words into some subword sub unities representation, and then we can pass it to an word embedding. So basically, what we're gonna input for text is a word embedding or of a subunity, a subword unity. But like, just pay attention on the word embedding part. The subword sub unity is just something that I read and I didn't know, so I wanted to talk to you guys but the, the word embedding is the most important one. So in the end, after encoding these three modalities, image, audio, and text, we're gonna have a representation that we can input to our transformer model. And again, this transformer model is shared for the three modalities. And this is the main point of the paper, having one model trained from, from these three modalities. And how do we make to train this model? I said that we don't have the labels, so we use self-supervised learning. We have many ways of performing self-supervised learning. I have some episodes here uh, explaining how to do it. But for this paper, they just use a single one that is the masking process. You're gonna put some masks in the input and well, that's it. After having these three modalities ready to input to the transformers, okay, we have the architecture well set it. We need to train this model. And to train it, we're gonna use a teacher-student training strategy. And we have many ways of doing teacher-student training. I explained some of them in the reinforcement learning episode, but it's really simple. You, go, you basically have a teacher that has more knowledge than the student, and having this extra knowledge, it's gonna help the student to learn better. And as I said, you have many ways of doing it. Like in the reinforcement learning episode, I explained the teacher that he do the make a path and the student gonna make the inverse path. So going from the, the teacher go from the beginning to the end, and the student go to from the end to the beginning. Like this is a one example of teacher student, and another one is having a teacher to give you the task that you're gonna learn in different moments of the training. So in the beginning of the training, the teacher gonna give you easier tasks, then medium tasks, then hard tasks, and this is basically what happens in real life. You have a teacher and while you are learning, you are growing in your school, you're gonna learn harder things that the teacher gonna teach you. So we try to put it into the algorithm and well, that's it. So let's go deeper because we have a student and a trainer and a strategy and I didn't say the strategy yet. So let's see the strategy. In this case, the student gonna take a masked input and encoded it. So we're gonna have a latent space in the end and the teacher gonna have the same input but unmask it and it's gonna encode it and we're gonna have a latent space in the end. So why we have this difference from the student and the teacher if they are taking the same input? The difference is having the input masked or not. Because for the student that has a masked input, the task is much harder. And for the teacher that has the unmasked input, the task is much easier. And what is this masking? Because this masking process is really important, is the way that we learn through self-supervised. I said in the self-supervised episode and some other episodes that we have many different ways of doing self-supervised learning. And one of them is masking the input and trying to predict uh, the right thing behind this mask. So for the image, we're gonna mask the pixel and we're gonna predict what is the correct pixel value. For a text, we're gonna mask the, the word and you're gonna predict the word. And for audio, we're gonna mask a part of the audio and you're gonna predict the, this part of the audio that is masked. So here we have the first difference of this 
all the other algorithms. And they, they say that in the paper, this is one of the main contributions. Because all these architectures are encoder-decoder architectures. You're gonna encode the information, and through this encoded information, you're gonna decode it and, and predict what you gotta predict. But in this case, you don't have the decoder. You just have the encoder for the teacher and the student. Because the goal here is that the latent space, the codification created by the teacher and the student be the same. And it's nice because there is, there is no reconstruction, as I said. We only take the latent space and, well, if they are close, it means that the student, even not having part of the image or the text or the audio to, to see it, it understood the context and was able to produce the same coding, the same latent space. So they argued in the paper that it gives a more contextualized representation of the, the input source. And this is one of the main contributions of the paper, plus, of course, being this huge model that, that is not that huge, actually, it's just a new way of training, but is able to learn from different sources of data and produce state-of-the-art uh, results. And now let's go a little bit deeper into this training star strategy, because I explained to you guys the, the big idea. But with this information, you are not able to reproduce the paper or fully understand it. So let's go a little bit deeper. And of course, I'm going to put the link of the paper and also the link of the GitHub because they made the code available and also the pre-trained model available. So you can use this model and also check the code. It's really nice to better understand what, what happens. I always do it when the code is available. And well, let's continue. So as training strategy, as target, what we want is that the latent representation of the student network be the same as the teacher network, even the student network seeing only a small part of input. So for the student, in practice, what they do is that they take the average of the waves of the less layers of the transformer network and they compare with the waves of the less layers in the transformer network for the teacher. And they had mainly three ways of doing it. The first one is just to take the last layer and compare it, but they would lose a lot of information if they just do it. The second one is to take all the layers and compare one by one, or at least some of them and compare one by one. But this is not efficient. It would take a lot of time to, to computate everything. And the last one that was the one that they did is just, just take the average of the waves of some final layers and make the comparison in the average, not one by one. So they said that in the end it was much more efficient and it gave a slightly better accuracy in the end. So it's more efficient and has a better result, so it's much better. So this is for the student, but we also gotta train the teacher. The teacher is not born like smart, it needs to learn too. So for updating the waves of the teacher, they use an exponential moving average. I will not deeply explain what is an exponential moving average, but basically in this exponential moving average, the new data that are coming matters more than the, the old data. So this is like the idea. And they also have a parameter that makes that the network learns more in the beginning and then it decreases the frequency of learning. It's not the learning rate, but the frequency of learning, the frequency of updating the waves of this network. And this makes that the, the network updates more the waves in the beginning where it needs to learn more. And in the end, where it's like already learned everything, 
it updates less and just help the student to achieve a good result and well uh, imitates the the result for all the three inputs all the three modalities guys it's really important everything that i'm saying here works for the three modalities now we're gonna mask these three modalities and from this transformer network it's gonna be able to encode all these three modalities huh? this is really important and that's why it's so hard because like you need to encode text audio and image that are completely different and it worked in the end and why i'm saying it worked in the end because now let's go to the results so to test each one of them they just did a fine tuning what it means they trained the whole network the whole data to vec network and then they just did a fine tune in the data sets for image text and audio and compare it with the state-of-the-art the other state-of-the-art networks so the results are that it's a new state-of-the-art for audio it's like better than the previous methods and it's interesting because the previous method is the wave to vec the previous state-of-the-art is the wave to vec that is from the main author of this paper so it's it's interesting that like he he took a lot of tricks that they used to train this network from the what they learned from the wave to vec training so maybe it's a bit biased that the tricks that they use it are better for audio because they use these tricks from the previous experience of other papers and maybe that's why they didn't achieve uh, better results for images and text but they achieve great results for image and text they said it's comparable results because for some data sets it's the best algorithm for others it's like the same the same result and for others it loses a little bit against the other previous the previous state of the art but it has just a slightly win and a slightly lose so we cannot say there is a new state of the art for image and text but has a comparable result but it is the new state of the art for audio and anyways guys it's the first time that we have one model that is able to achieve these results for the three uh, modality so it's amazing anyways it's, it's really amazing and just a last thing that i would like to say here before finishing the episode is that maybe if you are from the field you might think that it's like multimodal learning but there is a difference between multimodal learning and data to vec because normally multimodal learning uses paired data so you take video and audio you take a video and you take the images of this video and the audio and you're gonna learn a model from the video the, the images and the audio or you're gonna take an image and a text but the text is describing this image so you have like a white cat in a table and in the text like this in the image a picture of a white cat in a table and in the text you're gonna have something that describes this like a white cat above the table above like the brown table i don't know so the, the goal of this is to have more robust latent representations and we can also solve some very interesting problems like visual question answering. You, you have an, an image and you're gonna make some questions for this image, like you have someone running. You can ask, is there a person there? And the algorithm gonna answer yes. Is, there, is this person running? And gonna say yes. Is this person crying? And it's gonna say no. And you also have a, a nice problem that I didn't know this one before that is multimodal query. You're gonna have a text, like a sentence and an image. And you're gonna like, let's see an example you're gonna understand. Imagine that you are a woman and you're gonna get married and you wanna find your perfect dress. 
and you saw someone using the dress that you like, but you want this dress in a yellow version. So you had this woman using this very beautiful white dress, but you want a little bit more yellow because you like yellow. And then you're gonna say in the sentence, I want a dress like this, but a little bit more yellow instead of white. And you're gonna give an image of this, this dress that this, human, this woman is using. So in the end, what the algorithm is gonna do is that it's gonna understand the text, what you're saying and the image and search in their database to see if they have a dress that looks like this one, but is slightly more yellow than this one. And this is a really hard problem. And it's, it's nice that this, there are people trying to solve this one, but I imagine that the results might not be that good because it's really, really hard. So as data Chuvec is not a multimodal learning algorithm, let's just conclude the episode explaining in small words what it is. Basically it takes images, videos, and text, no related one against each other, and learn representations that work from these three modalities. Of course, it has one encoding, a network for each one of them, for each modality, but in the end, you're gonna have one latent representation that is given by a transformer networks that works for all these three uh, modalities of data. And they said that in the, the future, they hope that they will be able to apply this data to VEC or this type of training into the multimodal learning problem and maybe we're gonna have even more robust information, even more information by being able to pair data to have a more robust latent representations, I don't know. But, but this is something that really fascinates me because for me, learning just one model for one type of data for one modality is not a, like, we do it from a long time, we need to change and this is changing. So I get really excited when I see this kind of studies that really pushes the way that we see artificial intelligence and we show that we can do new things. We can learn one model with different types of data. And they say that in the future, they hope that they will be able to have a model that don't need different uh, encoding techniques and also different masking techniques. This is for the future, but like having this, we're gonna every time get closer to a general artificial intelligence. And again, I don't know if it's good or bad. But anyways, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And don't forget to follow us on social media. On Instagram, we are podcast.lifewithai. And on LinkedIn, it's just lifewithai. If you can give me five stars in the podcast player that you listen to me, it's very nice. And I would appreciate it. And until next Thursday, guys, goodbye.